Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On this episode of The Booze Hustle, I talked to Chef Tyler Anderson. Tyler has arguably one of the best restaurants in the Northeast. And I'm not just saying that because I love his restaurant and we live in the same state. He's been nominated seven times for the James Beard Award for Best Chef Northeast. He's also appeared on Top Chef season 15. He's very active in uplifting the local community and somehow manages to find the time to run multiple restaurants, a catering business, and be a husband and father to three kids. We talk about the haunted loft at Millwrights, where we actually recorded this episode, uh, and his illustrious beginnings as the singer of a punk rock band. I had such a great time talking to Tyler. I hope you enjoy as well. So you might you don't need to talk like directly into it, but it. close enough to your mouth. Yeah, I was a singer in a punk band too, so I'm f- familiar with the mic life. You were a singer in a punk band in California. In California, Chicago. Yeah. What was the name of your band? One, two in Chicago. One was called Disavow, and one was called The Killer. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it was. Did you play an instrument amazing. too? Or? No, I was like the Riot Insider. I can see that. <laughs> Slash, uh, I don't know. Was it like screaming punk or like? Sort of. It wasn't like soft. It wasn't like nice punk. A little step up from that. We never made much of ourselves, but we weren't intending to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. But you're you're from California originally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, um, I looked, I was doing a little bit of homework on you as one does. Um, and I saw that you actually got your start pretty young in restaurants, which I think a lot of people in the restaurant industry do. I think I started working in restaurants when I was 13. Um, you were what, 16? I was 16. Yeah. And you started in cooking right away or? No, no, I started. So I was the expediter. So it was my first job. I was at the Hungry Hunter Steakhouse in El Toro, California. A lot of dead animals on the wall in there, I guess. Yeah, I think so. There are like a lot of half-dead servers that were there <laughs> walking around. It was like old school steakhouse, but California, yeah. you know, so I don't know where that really put us. It's like, wait, like Bonanza? <laughs> sort of. It, it was like wannabe Bonanza, okay. right? But it was Southern California. So you would get, you would get, I think like if you ordered a steak, you would get like soup, salad, bread, like Perfect. all the fixins. Yep. But it was fancy because they used to like take the... They would take like this thing table side. I forgot what it's called. And they would spin it around and have like, you would make a salad and all your toppings, sunflower seeds, which like dried cranberries. And it would spin it. <laughs> what is that called? A, a lazy, lazy Susan. Lazy Susan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but one of my jobs was to clear out the lazy Susan, get it ready for the next table, you know, re- refill the gross. items. Yeah, it is gross. Uh, <laughs> lazy Susans wouldn't probably go too well these days. All right. So you're expediting at the Hungry Hunter. Yeah. And then you weren't mortified enough to leave that job, obviously. So what were you were like, 
this is it. This is my life. I want to make my life here. <laughs> I mean, you know how it is. At that point, you're really not thinking that way. And at that point, you know, True. you're like, it's not a real job. Um, it was primarily because the money was good for the time spent. I didn't have to wake up to an alarm. It worked for after school because yep. I was going to high school and doing it. And, you know, the waitresses were pretty and the hostesses were pretty. And that was like a big upside. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I, I, I often talk to people now about um, the restaurant industry being sort of like a cult that sucks you in at an early age. And unless you ever leave it, you never really look back on it and go, wow, that was a fucking cult. But it is like all of your friends are your coworkers. You all do everything together. You're together all the time. There's really not much of an outside life. And uh, it's it just seems like the coolest fucking job in the world. It can be, yeah. You know, we, I'm sure you've worked in a restaurant that wasn't exactly like this. Like, I'm not going to say I was embraced by the rest of the staff at The Hungry Hunter. You know, it was it was me and then a bunch of, like, old dudes who had gotten out of prison. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because that's what cooking used to be. Yep. And so, you know, they put me through some of the paces, but they certainly weren't inviting me out for beers after work at that point. But yeah. I get what you're saying because that's how it is when yeah. you get older and w once you're cooler in the restaurant. Yeah. I was yeah. just a dorky 16-year-old. Yeah. So what was the path from there? What'd you do um, to start you on the path of more serious cooking? So, I mean, I never thought I wanted to be in a kitchen, but then the hot app cook called out one day, Tex. So there was like, there was Tex, there was, there was Jorge, this guy Jorge, there was Numberto and Numberto like mm -hmm. would always do like five year stints, get out, do five years of Hungry Hunter. But I remember he used to like work the grill with his bare hands and I thought that was the coolest shit ever. Wait, hold on. He worked the grill. <laughs> yeah, he worked the grill. He was like with flipping shit with his fingers. Yeah, so he did, you know, he did. And, I, you know, looking back, I could probably do that now, but like I wouldn't choose to. I would probably choose tongs or some sort of <laughs> instrument. But he used to feel the temps, right? So he would feel all the temps and yeah. then know what all the temps were. And he would work like a 48-inch grill, which is a four-foot grill that would be like full of steaks with his bare hands. Dang. And I just like looked over and I was like, someday I want to be Numberto. You know? <laughs> like, so I got a chance to get on that line and my job was to do, my job was hot apps. So basically mm -hmm. I used to microwave like the, I think we microwaved the, um, the stuffed mushrooms, the sausage stuffed mushrooms. Mm. I was really good. My, my, Potato skins were really good, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but I fell in love with it while I was working Texas Station because he was off, and then when Tex got back, Tex was the expediter, and I was the cook, yeah. so that's just how it goes, but there was no like serious place to cook in Southern California at that time, so I mm -hmm. moved north and uh, worked for some chefs up north, moved to Chicago, worked for some great chefs in Chicago, mm -hmm. worked for a hotel companies and a hotel company and moved all over the place and then ended up in Connecticut. Like, did I say all that too fast? Because I don't really care about yeah, that. Yeah, be beautiful Connecticut. You can read the bio if you want to like hear <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, and then fell in love with Connecticut and that's why we're here. That's awesome. So your your first mentor was Numberto. Yes. Um, who would you say was most influential in your cooking career along the way? We don't have to like sit too much in your bio, but like who's the one that that challenged you the most or pissed you off the most or made you want to be better? Uh, so definitely the chef Sarah Stegner from Chicago. Mm. I worked with her. I worked for her. I did not work with her. Mm -hmm. um, I worked for her at the Ritz-Carlton um, in the dining room. And then when she left to open her own restaurant, uh, Prairie Grass Cafe in Northbrook, I went with her to open that. Um, and her and George Mubaris, who was the executive chef there, are certainly my two mentors. Um, there was just something about her that made me want to cook better for her. And she was always about buy the right ingredient, treat it nicely, mm -hmm. and put it on a plate, and there it goes. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. She was, I mean, she was co cooking super seasonally like 20 mm -hmm. years ago. So that was rare in Chicago. 
It's like sometimes the the simplest way is the best way. Uh, not sometimes. I really truly believe the simplest way is the best way. The best way to good cooking is when you don't overthink the process and you let food be food. Yep. I like to overthink it in a simple way. You know, because you like I still have a restaurant and I still have to <laughs> I, I still have to make shit that people don't want to do at home necessarily, sure. especially at Millwrights and especially when we're talking about situations like the workshop we're in now, right now. So I'd like try to think of simple ways to do things that weren't aren't necessarily the most obvious ways. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the funnest way to cook. When I'm cooking at home, it's the simplest way. There's thousands of years of research into these things. Like, why are we trying to like up them? You know, like cacio pepe, like people who fuck with a dish like that are assholes. <laughs> I, I had never had that before. Uh, I had it at the casino and I, I, someone told me what it was and I was like, no fucking way. And they came over. I was like, oh, it's le- they're legit like making pasta in the cheese. It's pretty fucking brilliant if you think about it. Yeah, it's magical. It's magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, Millerites is incredible. It's been one of my favorite restaurants in Connecticut um, since I moved back here. It's We were just talking a minute ago about like how far away I live, which is a bummer because I would probably Move be here closer. bothering you. I know. Yeah. I, I'll live in this loft. <laughs> I mean, it's as big lo- enough. As long as you're out when we have parties, I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, this is where I used to stay. So this is where I stayed when it was under construction. So I used to sleep up here by that window. And I probably stayed up here like, I don't know, 20 times. Every time I was up here, there was some sort of like ghost Stop. shit going on. Yes. And then one time, like two doors opened in one night and these doors are heavy and the elevator went. And I was like, all right. Like, I'm not sleeping there anymore. So the listeners that don't see where we are right now, obviously, we're in the loft space of Millwrights, which used to be a mill, and it's on a really beautiful, uh, is that a river? What is that? It's a brook. It's a brook, but a very big brook with a giant waterfall. It's probably one of the most spectacular dining views in the state. Um, And we're in this really old, rustic-looking I don't know, part of the part of the mill, <laughs> the, but, uh, the most haunted part. It looks like if anywhere was going to be haunted in Connecticut, it would be here. But it's um, it's super classy. Well, I'm glad you didn't get like stabbed in your sleep by a ghost. Or no, they, they weren't that forward. Well, they must like you. I mean, they're like, look at this dude doing it up, or Maybe. they're pissed at you because they can't eat your food. Either one. We don't know. I don't know. Well, Try to avoid though. I'm never really. I don't hang out here too much, like overnight by myself anymore. Ever. I I don't do that. I'm kind of annoyed now that you like had me sit up here by myself for so long to set up. And it's still daytime. They won't mess with you. <laughs> okay. Cause go sleep all day. Right. Oh, that's how that works. Um, all right. So I, I have a question for you and this is either going to make you laugh or make you really angry, but um, what's up with like the beard, um, James beard making you like the Susan Lucci of, <laughs> of, uh, of re- <laughs> the restaurant awards. Cause you've been nominated like seven times for best chef in the Northeast, right? Seven. Yeah. Yeah the fuck is up with that you know i don't know my my wife used to say i was like leonardo dicaprio and i liked that one a little better then he won one and then like <laughs> nah so you know whatever okay sorry um, old dated reference people are like who the fuck is susan lucci <laughs> <laughs> no susan lucci is probably like the only one who hasn't had one though because leo's had one so you can't call me him anymore because i have him um i don't know you know it's really an honor to get nominated every year yeah. it's very cool and this year i actually like wrote them a letter and said that um Ashley Flagg is the chef here now and that I am not. And so if we're up for consideration, um, that she should be it. So I'm hoping that my goal was that someday a chef who worked in this building and I thought it would be me would Mm -hmm. win a James Beard Award. Um, Since I was a little kid, I wanted to have one. It's it's like a great honor, obviously, you know. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it didn't happen for me. And like uh, Ashley is definitely the chef of this place. And if Ash, if if. I were to get it and not her, then it would be like so stupid. So I'm rooting for her now. Aww. And let's see what we can do. That is, re- that's really, uh, 
generous of you and kind. And I'm sure she's incredible and deserves it as well. But um, I think that there's a lot of ego in the cooking world. And uh, you don't often see people that are happy to pass on accomplishments to other people before they feel like they've gotten what they have earned themselves. So right. I think that's pretty incredible. Um, I'd love to talk about your time on Top Chef. Sure. Um, what was the impetus for getting you to audition for that in the first place? Uh, this lady I knew kind of just reached out. So it's not like I'm not the kind of guy who's going to go to like a top chef, like casting call. Like it's cool if it happens, I can't but see I'm, you not, doing that. <laughs> I'm not like going to be, you know, I don't like practice being on TV and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, so being on TV isn't the end all be all, but when they reached out, I mean, top chef is the best cooking show. Mm-hmm. Although I think guys new tournament of champions show is pretty dope too yeah i think maybe better than top chef have you seen it no you should see it they're in season three now guy like guy Guy fieri's yeah yeah so he puts together like a group of i don't know 24 or 32 chefs or something and they do like tournament style oh cool which was awesome but somebody reached out to me and and then the process started and the process was pretty painless and somehow i made it on the show that's awesome yeah, and you you made friends with with one of my old friends who hopefully I can get on this podcast one of these days. I think you guys on that show were probably one of the more entertaining aspects of the show. Um, I'm talking about Joe Joe Flam, who actually ended up winning that season. But you guys had like, like this um, the shtick about being like the bears. Yes, <laughs> yes, the bears. Like these bur- these burly dudes. Oh, that's awesome. I also heard Gail Simmons is a cool chick. Is she? Did you have a good experience working with her? They're all super cool. The the good thing about Top Chef is that. They're not making up stories necessarily. Oh, yeah. They're not making up stories. They're like not making up stories. They're exaggerating people's personalities and that's it. But Tom is Tom. Like Mm -hmm. Padma is Padma. Like, you know, she's a diva. She's a diva on the show. She's a diva. There's a lady who brushes her boots for her. But she is (laughs) awesome and she can do it. She's Padma. And Gail's dope too. I didn't, like, I didn't spend a ton of time with Gail. It was mostly like Padma and Tom for me. But like Gail has a great reputation in the industry as being super cool. Mm. But like everyone on the Top Chef set was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. You think you'd ever do that again? Probably not. No. Number one, I don't think they'll ask me. And number two, TV is like fine and it's good for business or whatever. But Mm -hmm. like I would rather be cooking, Mm -hmm. to be honest. And uh, I would rather be a chef at a restaurant than be a chef on TV. Yeah. I imagine it probably helps some of your um, philanthropic work as well. I know you do a lot of stuff, um, you know, uh, with organizations. Is there anyone you're working with now? Um, yep. So hands on Hartford. We, we wanted to like really bring it in locally because mm-hmm. Hartford and the Har- Hartford County needs a lot of help. Um, so, you know, we're asked to do a ton of stuff and we wanted to focus on just like doing something around here. Um, mm-hmm. focus all our energy into that. So we're working a lot with them and doing tons of stuff with them this year. Very and cool. Hartford has really struggled with COVID and there's need. So mm-hmm. it, we're actually helping them reopen their cafe. That's awesome. Yeah. If that's the space that's behind um, Firebox, right? No, it's um, it's in Parkville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's across the street and back from Parkville Market. It's like across the street from this brewery. I forgot the name. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about booze. Sure. Well, first of all, you came up here and you opened a bottle of wine and I got really excited and then that shit disappeared. I was like, oh. Do you want some? No, it's okay. I was like, oh. Because you told me earlier you were trying to drink less, which. I I mean, I'm trying to drink 
less. But you're right. I'd, I probably would have been like, no, thank you, because I'm super fucking lame now. Um, but I also I, have some beautiful non-alcoholic wine if you'd like to try some that Jacob brought us. Okay, I'm interested in this statement because mm-hmm. I've had, um, how do you say, mixed experiences <laughs> with non-alcoholic <laughs> wine. Mixed experience. Uh, some is uh, like crap. Um, I was talking to someone on an earlier podcast episode about uh, non-alcoholic wine that literally just tasted like fucking grape juice. I was like, oh, cool, it's Sauvignon Blanc, but it's the juice. Um, but I've heard the sparkling. Some of the sparklings are okay. What kind of wine do you have that is good? I have Riesling. Okay. So, I mean, that's going to taste like grape juice because it would anyway. Mm-hmm. But I don't really drink non-alcoholic wine because I'm, I haven't quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, enough I'll take, for me. I'll definitely take, you know, a couple weeks off here and there. But generally, I like to keep steady with the influx. Well, you can't lose your, uh, what's it? Your uh... consistency. It's day to day. It's. Your tolerance, <laughs> right? You take a, you take a week off, you're screwed, right? Um, what what are you drinking at home? Um, I don't drink that much at home. I don't I don't drink a lot. I drink often. Okay, you know, so I'm like a three or four drink every, five days a week sort of fellow, mm-hmm. um, and uh, four days a week. But on my days off, I don't drink, mm-hmm. and then I have a couple of drinks here. Um, but I drink tequila and wine. Tequila and wine and Modelo. Okay. Love a Modelo. Yeah. What is your um, what is your wine of choice? Like, what's your go to? I mean, I drink. I like young. I like young, fun, crisp wines that have value for the dollar. I don't okay. like. I like. Jacob tells me what to get. And yep. Jacob brings me things, and Lincoln does too. Mm-hmm. And I drink them, and usually like them. Yep. We have a uh, a mutual friend who has a really badass wine shop here, um, a town over. Um, and, uh, he's, he's lucky to have a friend like that. Cause you got like the inside track to all the good shit. Yeah. And it's like all that, you know, whatever, I don't know if organic biodynamic wines is like a, a thing to say anymore, but you know, that's sort of like the world I like to live in yeah. where it's not, you know, new winemakers maybe with new ideas and, you know, mm-hmm. fun, more fun stuff. Yep. Uh, yep. It's kind of like the old school, new school mixed together. I feel like European wines have always kind of gone down that biodynamic natural organic path anyway yeah we just never got them here right because they would drink them all exactly yep and then here it's more of like a buzzword that adds like a percentage to the cost yeah so i think it kind of um it rubs people the wrong way especially like wine purists because they're like you want a biodynamic natural wine like it's called italian wine (laughs) right it's like almost every wine wine. yeah Yeah. it's like they're all in europe um well how how do you feel like how important is the beverage program aspect to complement the food coming out of your kitchen? Uh, I mean, it's very important. Uh, we well, sell I, a ton of wine. I so, say that, but there yeah. are some chefs that like, you know, they say it's important, but they actually don't care that much about it. And they kind right. of let someone handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, like how involved are you in that? I let somebody handle it, but I like drink our wine consist- constantly. Yep. So I'm always like, you know, when you ask like what I like to drink, like what I do is I'll just like pour a like half glass of a wine by the glass that we have. That's what I just did here. Yep. And just like, do I like it? Is it good? Blah, blah, blah. And then if I don't like it, then I ask the wine professional who's involved why they bought it and then, yep. you know, whatever. But I'm not that involved in it because I don't have time for it. And, and I think I've always had people here who are really good at it. Yeah. Do they ever get intimidated by you in that process? I don't think so. I mean, the last one we had was Tim, and Tim Tim Ratchford worked with us for a very long time, and mm-hmm. like you know, he was like my little brother. Now we have Lincoln, so I'm working with Lincoln, and Jacob's working with us, and yep. you know, it's 
I don't know. These people know more about this shit than me. And like, I am happy to <laughs> hand off responsibility if I need to, to people who are better at things than me. Yeah. It's like from the, I don't know, Kristen Eddie, our pastry chef here, she showed me like the first like 30 desserts she ever made. And I was like, we don't need to do this anymore. Like, it's good. Like, all you're doing is making me fat. And I'm just saying like, thumbs <laughs> up, like, just go with it. Dude, her desserts are fucking insane. I say that like I've eaten a lot of dessert in my life. I think she might be one of the best pastry chefs I've ever. Every single thing I've had from here as dessert has been like, I'm like, that's the best dessert I've ever had till the next time I'm here. And then I'm like, nope, that's the best dessert I've ever had. Yeah, she's very good. And she takes she takes like those things that you want, like a perfectly baked chocolate cake and then adds a couple fancy things. And that's what she does. And I like I respect that so much because the root of what she does is like so strong. I mean, yeah. she came from like the Gramercy pastry program, Claudia Fleming, who like, yeah, that's just comfort. It's comfort. Like yeah. it's the last thing. It's like the kick in the ass on your way out the door. And hopefully it's like a nice, gentle, sweet kick in the ass. It's really hard. Like pastry cooking is, uh, I, I can't bake to save my life. Um, I had a Sicilian grandmother that cooked and I very much picked up the like, you know, this what are, you, are we measuring? No, we're just using this much in our fingertips and we're throwing it in. And like, I am able to craft together some pretty fucking good food, but like, I can't bake to save my fucking life. There's such precision there that I really think a lot of people lack. Um, how are your pastry skills? Mine personally? Horrible. <laughs> that face. <laughs> Horrible. I mean, I can like, so before I went on, I worked in a really good pastry place for like six months and then I practice to go on top chef for pastry mm. and aside from that i hate it i hate reading recipes i like to write them for other people to read but i don't like i don't like reading them myself yeah that's my husband always uh like when, when i cook i take like i look at recipes online for like an inspiration of an yeah. idea but then i never actually follow them does he follow the recipe he doesn't cook very much okay um I think if he did follow the recipe, he would be uh, really good at it because he's good at following yeah. instructions. He's got a very analytical mind. Mm -hmm. um, but I end up getting really irritated at recipes online because it's like you got to read, <laughs> you got to scroll like fucking five minutes of someone's personal like blog about their it's too use much of reading. It's just no, nobody yeah. cares, lady. Yeah. Just tell us how you made the sauce. <laughs> like, yeah, let's get down to it. Let's get down to it. But I, who reads those websites? A lot of people. Do you have a website like that? Do you share recipes online? No. No, no, because I don't. I hate recipes. So like, why yeah. would I? But we're about to. I mean, I'm about. So I'm about to start this thing where it's like cooking at home with me. So on Sundays, I'm gonna do like a live cast from this thing, this workshop. So this is your house. Yeah, you, you and the ghost. Yeah, <laughs> me and the ghost and Melanie and Violet will be here, and then we'll like people will come and they can pick up the stuff on Friday, Saturday, and then cook along with me on Sunday. That's awesome. What a great idea. It'll be like a live, like a Zoom. Yeah. And then oh, like fun. at the end of it, yeah, it'll be a Zoom exactly. Or Google Meets. I don't know. But the, the, the smarter people figure that out. And then, you know, you'll get the raw ingredients. You'll cook it together. And then you'll have a meal for two, like at the end of it. And we'll do ones with like Violet cooking with me. And she can, you know, uh, it'll be kid friendly and yeah. blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But I think it'll be a nice way to reach out to people. And as people are, you know, restaurants are a little slow right now. So it's like, um, if I want to keep all of these people, my people employed here, then what do I do? I got to, we come up with creative ideas to keep it moving. And I think it's a very nice way to do outreach to our guests who might not be comfortable coming in. Yeah. that's Or great. even those who do, and they just want to hang out and like cook food for the night. There's a lot of people that, um, you know, like foodie type people that really love doing those kind of like 
any type of virtual education where you can feel connected with like your favorite chef and you get like FaceTime, which you don't normally even get in a restaurant. So I feel like it's even like above and beyond a a regular dining experience. It's a much more one-on-one, cool, different type of vibe, you know? And it's different because like, you know, a lot of, a lot of chefs who are a lot more famous than me are doing it. But it's like a sort of thing where you download this video and you you get like a instruction list and you go to Whole Foods and you mm-hmm. buy everything. A big part of the story of the food that we do here is where we get the food from. True. And so I wanted to like do it so that the raw goods were the same ones that we use here. And so that mm-hmm. that'll be we're going to keep it small. Right. So it won't be more than like 30 people, mm-hmm. you know, 30 people doing it at a time. And that way we can interact and there's a story behind the food and they're using exactly the stuff that we use here. Well, and it's great for consistency, too. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, that know? chicken is like, I, you know. Yeah, and we're doing it live, right? So it's not a video that you can like pause. Mm-hmm. And I go too fast sometimes, which I'm probably <laughs> doing here. But like people are like slow down. But we did it a couple times during COVID. It was fun, so we're gonna do it again. Back there, like Swedish chef. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, we'll Throwing see. Shit around. We'll oh, that's cute. Goes. So your daughter Violet's gonna do one with you. Um, I'd love to know when that is. I'd love to do that with For my sure. seven year old. Yeah. Um, it'll be a disaster, but it'll be super fun. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I love that you're getting your kids in the family business a little. I think I saw a picture. I don't know if it's social media with your older daughter. Is she working here? Yeah, so I have an 18-year-old son and a 15-year-old daughter who have lived with their mom for the last, for like a few years in Chicago suburbs. Mm-hmm. My son just moved here. He just graduated high school. So he's working here. My daughter comes literally every break from school. She's every moment she's not in school. She yep. spends with me. And we like to say it doesn't always happen with COVID, mm-hmm. but she loves working in the restaurant. My son, I think he likes it, but he, he it's a paycheck for him. Right. My daughter like does it Avery, the middle daughter, does it for like, she would do it for free, but she's also 15 and she doesn't have bills to pay. My 18 year old does. True. So yeah, we'll see. That's great though. I feel like, um, I I was just talking about this with somebody the other day too. It's as soon as my kids are old enough, they're going to work in a restaurant because it's such a good education on how to be a decent human being. Just really getting to see the good and bad of people is like quite an education. For sure. Oh man. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of things. It's like, you know, number one, like they have their upbringing has been at a certain level because of restaurants, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they have things and they might inherit things because of restaurants. Like they have to know the business. They have to appreciate the business and they have to appreciate every facet of what everyone who works here does sure. in a given day. So like they start, they do dishes, they do, you know, just like 
I still end up doing them sometimes too. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just what you do. So to appreciate the business through and through yep. is huge. And then yes, like if you are adventurous enough and crazy enough to decide to spend your time working in the front of the house, you definitely get to see the good and bad in people. Whereas where I feel like in the kitchen, you can hide from a lot of that and mm-hmm. kind of just see True. the bad in people who work in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, you're surrounded by some interesting folks. But you're su- in the kitchen, you're more surrounded by like-minded people, even if that person is like, you know, literally if that person was from Mars, the fact that you're both cooks is this thing that you connect yep. on, you True. know, and and that's how restaurant people are generally, right? But I think mm-hmm. if, as you whittle it down, like, and there are some kindred spirits, like I think that you are that get along well with the cooks who are like front of the house people who like, just get it and hang out. I never even thought of it that way. I think it's because I've always um, gone back and forth so much. Uh, I think in restaurants in Chicago in early days, I mean, like I was mostly front of house, right? Like bartending, serving. Then when I got more into management and like expediting and food running and then oh, the dishwasher called out, see you, Kristen. And then like I had to learn all the like things. I never really thought of it being a separate thing, but I guess, I guess, yeah, I, I think you could probably hide in the back and, and develop like a, uh, everybody in the front of house sucks attitude or like be I, terrified I, of customers in general. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I would like, we try definitely try to infuse a team philosophy into this place because mm. that's definitely how I feel the best restaurants run. I mean, I've worked in great restaurants that had like this rift between the front and the back that was like super competitive, but like, I hate that shit. Mm. Um, but what it is, I think is like, I mean, I'm a cook and I chose to be a cook. Like I could have made a lot more money earlier in my life if I wanted to make the move and deal with guests shit on a daily basis. And I chose the harder route at that time, I feel kind of. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, like it's kind of like I want to still be in the kitchen, but I also like have restaurants and I, I like to say I do like to say hi to people. I don't like dislike that but that's part of like doing this workshop thing is it gets me out it like makes me get out in front makes me say hi and makes me stop like just wanting to kind of quote unquote hang out with the cooks all day yeah are you an introvert extrovert like, uh i don't know i mean i think i'm a yes probably like i'm like you're gravitate towards being an introvert but you can put it on when you need to no like i i put it on when i want to kind of like eh, i don't know i don't like i don't like I don't like coming out and like people being like, oh my God, the chef, like blah, blah, oh, blah. Yeah. I don't like that shit. Yeah. I like, I would like it if we just sat and talked about food, you right. know? And I understand that they want to do that. And like, it's nothing but like, I hate rounds of applause. I hate, <laughs> like, I hate that. And I, I don't like going through the, I don't like going through my dining room thinking I'm like king of the castle and everybody wants to say <laughs> hello to me. I hate that. So you're not a fan of people singing happy birthday to you in if a they want crowded to, restaurant? <laughs> now, because now everybody, every time people are going to hear this, they're just going to come up and sing happy birthday and if clap. I say I don't like that. It's yeah. Tyler. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, what? Chef King it's great. Anderson. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I really appreciate that people come to the restaurant and I love that yeah. they support us and all they're of like those things. They're like your fangirls. You it's know? very nice. It's it, it's nice. Yeah. I get I got I get awkward too. I mean, I have a job where I'm sales facing, but I'm uh people that know me well know I'm an introvert mostly. Like I uh my husband's a chatty Kathy. We go out, he wants to talk to strangers and I'm like, please we're at the grocery store, just do not talk to people right now. <laughs> like we don't <laughs> need to make everybody yeah. our friend. But it's also like I'm paid to talk to people. Right. Like I'm being compensated for my time to go out into the world and talk to people. And then when I go home, I'm just like, boop. It's exhausting. I get like, it takes days to recover from it. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, I don't know. I guess I guess that you're maybe a little bit of both. But I like I ha- I love I'm like your husband in a little in a little bit because I like to I like to talk to other people about them. You know, like mm-hmm. I like I'm interested by people and people are interesting and mm-hmm. I love that part. And I'm a nice guy and I like to make people happy. So yeah. it's like if we could have a, like a light conversation. Like I'm not stopping at the grocery store a bunch of times, but like. I'll annoy the hell out of my wife in an airport because I'll make like four friends before you're I, that like, guy left. too. Oh my kind god, of, kind of, dude. I was oh, when we were pregnant with my first kid. I went in for like a scan at the OB. I came out and there's a room full of women, different stages of pregnancy, and probably some there just to get their like yearly. And my husband's holding fucking court, like chatting them up this one that one talking he's like oh hey babe oh this is so and so i'm like oh my god don't fucking talk <laughs> to people fantastic. when they're in an ob waiting room like i was mortified they all seemed fine but i was more i'm like i don't want to talk to like if this dude started talking to me i'd been like the fuck what is wrong doing? with you man yeah that's bold. bold that's bold yeah i wouldn't i'm not like that no well that's okay. but i understand it i'm not far from it well, people are interesting, especially when you get outside of your like your world that you're in, seeing the world outside, and you, you take take stuff from that and informs your I don't know, probably informs your decision making and running a restaurant group too. Helps you appreciate other humans, and like as part of running a restaurant, that's definitely been something that I've been doing is like trying to understand where people's heads are. Like I watch all of the news, oh, all of the news channels. That's not good. Very little, but I, I'll like I obviously have my own views mm-hmm. that don't change based on this. But I also like to know where everyone's head is because, you know, I have a big restaurant and multi restaurants, and you know we want to be there for the people. Our guests are our guests, regardless of how they think. So we want to know kind of where people's heads are at yeah. when they come in. Which has had to have been really challenging uh, to navigate that this last couple of years, especially with all the the protocols and mandates and people feeling very strongly one way or the other on social media. And if you take a stand one way for the health and safety of your people, you're going to offend X amount of people. Did you encounter any of that? Yeah. I mean, we didn't take any really bold health stands, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. Like, um, although I've been tempted. You uh, did though. You built those um, at at probably a lot of cost to you guys. They, you guys built those little greenhouses outside. Yes. No, we've been, no, from internally, we've been as healthy as possible because my wife isn't immunocompromised. And so I don't want to take anything home to her. Obviously I don't want to, and I don't want to spread it and I don't want to be a good citizen. So internally our rules are extremely strict. Like we're still, we're masked up still like fully inside, you know, there's still gloves on everyone and Mm -hmm. we have the greenhouses, you know, but it's just, I don't think it was fair of the government or has been fair of the government to ask restaurants to be the peacekeepers and the lawmaker. You know, like we're the ones who have to enforce these laws that they that they give us. And like, let's be honest, mm-hmm. this is a pandemic. Nobody knows that much and things mm-hmm. are changing all the time. Yep. And so like you go hard stance on something and you look like an asshole on the next. And listen, I don't get paid to do that. Right. I get paid to run a restaurant and make people happy. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's why we haven't taken hard stance on. Thankfully, all of our staff is vaccinated. It was not a a requirement. 
Um, I'm not in a position to tell people what to do with their bodies, mm-hmm. but I, you know, we're all fully vaccinated and we gave bonuses to staff members who decided to get vaccinated just mm-hmm. to promote like, yep. you know, how cooks can be, it's just like, you know, shit, I, like whatever, <laughs> like the younger, they, they're just like, I'll get there when I get there. But yeah. it got them inspired to go do it. And we'll, we'll give bonuses for, um, for getting boosters and stuff yeah. like that as it moves forward. But that that's, seems like a fairly it. reasonable, responsible way to handle something that seems completely bonkers and unmanageable, you know? Yeah, it's just, I mean, there's no win in it. So it's like, yeah. and restaurants need wins right now. You yeah. Know, we need to win every move we make. We have to like make it a positive one for our restaurant or restaurants around us. Well, J- Jesus Christ, like th- think of what other fucking industry has had to literally change fundamentally the way they do business from like start to finish in like overnight. Like now you have a restaurant, but you have to run it completely differently. The way you handle food, the way that you, you know what I mean? Like literally the expectations were so high and it's, it is impossible. It was impossible. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been, it hasn't been the road less truck, you know, it hasn't like been the easiest route, but yeah. like, you know, restaurant people, like if there was one industry that could make it through this, it's the restaurant. Business. That's true. Tough and grizzled, Tough surly. And, and, and willing to, like, a lot of us are willing yeah. to change. You know, a lot of us are willing to try new stuff. Yeah. Like, we didn't really get into this business, and no offense to people who sit in a cubicle, but, like, the, you know, like, I have burns and scars and torn tendons because I chose to be in a kitchen and not, you know, in a cubicle. Mm-hmm. But, like, that also made it so I, you got to think on your feet. What's next on the, uh, on the horizon for you? So we're very happy with the Millwrights thing. Obviously, we're looking at Millwrights has been doing well through all of this, and it's good like that our baby is in good hands and feeling good, and it's been so nice to like be here, and I'm going to continue being here. But we have you know a hotel that we have to reopen in in at the Goodwin. We have to reopen all of that, so we're waiting on a time to reopen Torino and Pina, um, and we're also looking at doing brick and mortars for the Takyu thing. So very cool. The spinoff that we did in the parking lot here, sort of like, what does it look like, you mm-hmm. know, with a door and yep. not on wheels? Very um, cool. And so that's sort of what we're looking at next. You really don't like vacations, huh? No, I mean, <laughs> 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 it's better if I'm busy. It's better for everyone if I'm busy. Like, uh, I had like a, like a maybe a two week sort of like burnout, kind of like in the middle of COVID. Like, and Melanie was just like, you know, it's gonna make you feel better get your ass back to work. And she was like hundred percent right. So as long as we like stay busy um, and you know, the team like Ashley and Vanessa and Kristen working here, they make it, they make it so that my quality of life is now better than it ever has been. Oh, that's good. You know, like I used to be, and it's one of the reasons I have family 1.0 and family 2.0 is that, you know, I used to work a hundred hours a week, like every week. And mm. now it's not that. So I have to pick Violet up from school at four 30 today. I'm going to pick her up from school. So that's great. Um, we're not going on vacation just because of COVID. We're supposed to be in France right now. Oh, but um, what a bummer! You know, it's still there. You'll like, go. Yeah, still you'll time. go again. That's amazing. Um, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to do my goofy podcast. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, I'll be able to get a babysitter so I can come We'd in for dinner you. at some point. <laughs> We'd love to have you. <laughs> so I, I really want to meet this ghost though, because uh, he'll be around. I'm not sold. I'm not sold on it. Well, we haven't seen him since we like reoccupied the place. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But <laughs> I'm up here a lot now and I have Buck on the wall. I have a, a pretend dead deer on the wall. It's pretend um, to ward the evil spirits away. Oh, is that what that's why? Yeah. All right. Well, come check out Millerites and you can uh, meet the, the ghost. Does he have a name? 
We don't know. We don't know. We don't name them. Don't give it a name. That's my advice. I've seen too many horror movies. The minute you do that, you're in trouble. Otherwise, it's too personal. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tyler. Thank you.